7.32. So, in a recent interview given by Ellen McCarthy, U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for the Bureau of Intelligence and Research, discussing the U.S. President Donald Trump's North Korea policy, she said, it's difficult to arrive at a fulsome intelligence assessment, so we're relying on media analysis and other intelligence to actually get a sense of what is a particularly hard and different relationship. Well, this doesn't necessarily only go for North Korea. You could apply it to various other areas of diplomacy. And we now can bring in Christopher Hill, former U.S. ambassador to Korea, chief advisor of the practice in diplomacy at the University of Denver. Thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure. In uncertain times, I guess it makes alliances all the more important. The U.K. alliance has been a, a bedrock um, on the global stage, I guess you could say. Um, but lately, President Trump's not held back at all. Uh, his comments helped lead, you might say, to the resignation of the British ambassador to the United States, Kim Darrow, after private messages he'd sent about Trump were leaked by a British newspaper. What's your reading of this whole furore? Well, first of all, uh, they were published by a British newspaper, but they weren't leaked by the British newspaper. They were leaked by, presumably, someone in the Foreign Office. And uh, so I think he looked at his situation in London, and he perhaps didn't see the support he really needed to stay on. And, of course, there was also the, uh, the reaction of President Trump, which I'm sorry to say is very typical of, uh, in these kinds of matters. So I think it's very fortunate, but uh, I don't think it makes the United States look very good. But frankly, I don't think the British government looked very good in not standing by its ambassador. Well, you might say at this point, what British government? Uh, it's a very odd situation, isn't it, with uh, two conservative candidates duking it out to become a, effectively an unelected prime minister um, until the next election, and uh, with uh, this vacuum at the moment. It, it, that, that, that makes this even more bizarre to discuss. I completely agree with you, but there's only one uh, prime minister at a time, so there is a prime minister right now, and there is a British government right now, and I'm not going to give them advice, but if I were the ambassador, I would have liked to see a little more support from my own government. Look, uh, ambassadors are are uh, required to give their views and give their views clearly and straight. He did that. He did that in an appropriate channel. He did not uh, give uh, a speech to, uh, you know, public speech. This was uh, an appropriate diplomatic channel, and somebody, presumably in the Foreign Office, leaked it. So I, I think it's um, no one looks very good at all this, and so, uh, I certainly don't want to give uh, President uh, uh, Trump a free ride here. Uh, he should learn, although he never will, to uh, kind of pass on some of these issues. Well, I think those views are all the more valuable, given your status as a, as a former ambassador who, who knows exactly what it's like to deal, uh, I'm sure, with some very challenging diplomatic circumstances. But, but this Trump administration has presented perhaps more than the world's fair share in a sweeping motion across the world from China to Saudi Arabia to Qatar. Trump has either backed down or changed course on holding countries accountable for human rights abuses, for example, or other bad behavior. And the, the criticism is that that's based on money and fits into the whole American domestic economic concern attitude. Do, do you um, think that's a fair evaluation or is it more nuanced than that? 
Um, I think it is more idiosyncratic than that. Uh, obviously, there's money in politics, and politics sometimes has a role in these matters. But we've never had anything like this before Donald Trump. Not to say everyone was perfect before Donald Trump. Not to say we didn't have some erratic policies before Donald Trump. But he has kind of rewritten, rewritten the playbook. And so uh, I don't think this is very positive for for the United States. I think there's a perception around the U.S. that you really, around the, the, the world, really, that you cannot rely on the United States to do the right thing. So I think it's a big problem for the U.S., and I think it's a problem that is a problem of this erratic behavior. I think it's a problem that the United States is going to have to solve. Something we've noted many times, I think, even just implicitly, is that relationships are very important to President Trump. He seems to be trying to set himself up for a good relationship with a, a future prime minister in, in Boris Johnson in Britain. Um, while that situation remains uncertain, we can certainly say that he's tried to keep China and North Korea on track by consistently stressing the uh, value of his friendship with their leaders. Um, what um, do you make of that? I mean, this this idea of uh, leading diplomacy through through friendship, even if it doesn't seem like the most genuine friendship in the world, is, is that a good idea? Well, I I think personal relations are important in foreign policy. You're often getting people to do things they don't really want to do, and it helps to have a good relationship in which the person trusts you or trusts your government. But um, uh, I think uh, President Trump has relied on it entirely too much. And uh, the problem is, uh, one day he seems to be quite friendly uh, with another head of state, and then the next day that seems to disappear. So again, I think it goes back to this uh, behavior that simply uh, is difficult to, you, it's difficult to rely on him from one day to the next. And um, I think some countries have decided they will flatter him, they will try to deal with him. But I do not really think there are a lot of friends out there uh, for him, nor are they friends of the United States. Right. So, I, again, I think it goes back to your previous question. Uh, we have a big problem in the United States right now. You know, North Korea, when North Korea says things like gangster-like behavior about anyone, it's got to be taken with a huge dose of, of salt. But but it's interesting when I think of the way these friendships work. It reminds me of watching some of the, you know, like the Sopranos or something, the way that, you know, you can have people who are seemingly friends and then making unreasonable demands of each other. Uh, and you've got this situation, I think, quite interestingly um, portrayed in the Japan relationship right now. Um, even as far as giving each other gifts, President Trump and Prime Minister Abe, and playing golf together, and seemingly on better terms than Trump is, even with most of these other people uh, who he only sees every few months. Uh, but then Trump makes very bold claims about Japan on trade and other matters. Um, is uh, he being played by people like Abe? Do, do you sense that uh, they just know what Trump's all about and they just say the right things to, to try to gain an advantage and leverage over the U.S.? I think to some extent that's going on around the world. I think to some extent uh, Saudi Arabia has uh, uh, tried to um, uh, try to manipulate uh, President uh, Trump. Uh, I think it's fair to say, however, that President Trump has tried to manipulate others. 
And this kind of mutual manipulation, I'm not sure, is really the best way to conduct foreign policy. I think people need to be clearer about what their interests are, what their bottom lines are, what their requirements are in a given crisis, so that there's no misunderstanding. And I think uh, the Japanese have a right to be very confused when they appear to have a great relationship for their prime minister with President Trump, and the next day, President Trump seems to be not only attacking them on trade, but also attacking Japan about whether Japan is a reliable ally. So it's quite remarkable. And again, it goes back to that uh, that first question, the, uh, the issue of uh, whether this president is erratic and whether he can change. And um, again, we have a very important election coming up in 2020, an election that I think will determine in, in a great sense what the United States uh, is going to be in the coming coming years. By the way, I would add on the issue of North Korea referring to Secretary Pompeo as a gangster, mm. I'm not sure what they meant by it, but I would have liked to see President Trump defend his own Secretary of State from those kinds of accusations, right. which he didn't do. So, uh, again, it's... Um, uh, not to quote the British ambassador, but there are a lot of problems in Washington these days. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just am curious about your feelings on this current situation that we're facing here in South Korea from a diplomatic standpoint. Um, South Korea is hoping that the United States intervenes in, in, in Japan's uh, action against tech firms effectively uh, without going through all the details and I know that you're not currently acting as ambassador here but but do you feel that um, generally in disputes with Japan South Korea can expect any kind of support from the US? Well I think US policy US has had a long-standing policy of trying to be helpful and in, in having a smoother uh, ROK Japan relationship now, that's easier said than done, and to be sure, there have been a lot of problems. But uh, I think the U.S., uh, from every administration, including the Trump administration, understands the critical importance of these relationships, the Japan relationship and the Korean relationship, and the importance that Japan and Korea try to work better together. So I think there, there will be some effort to work on this. Whether it's mediation, however, I just can't say that. Yeah, well, it, I guess it depends at this point what Japan's end game is, if this is linked to its upcoming elections or if it's a, 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 an effort to squeeze South Korea into some sort of other historical deal. Um, we'll wait and see. But um, some other thoughts on President Trump's foreign policy. Is there too much of the Trump family involved? We've seen those criticisms rise well, uh, around the G20 summit, for example. I think there was a lot of concern in the United States about the presence of his children walking around the G20 summit as if they were uh, um, professional uh, diplomats or um, or employees of the U.S. government. Uh, they do have the status of advisors, but uh, I think it was a little confusing to the rest of the world. And I think maybe more damaging, it has the it gives the impression that if you want to get a message to President Trump, you better do it through one of his family members rather than through an American official. And uh, that's the kind of situation you see in Saudi Arabia. It's not the kind of situation you should see in the United States or, frankly, anywhere else. Well, I 
can't help coming back in my mind to the uh, the Sopranos esque scenario. I mean, this idea of family, this idea of um, d- yeah. doing favors and, and allowing money to play such a key role. So the the people will have their chance to judge. Um, how do you expect President Trump's policies to evolve as we get closer to that 2020 vote? Well, I think people should understand that the American economy is performing very well. And often, as is often the case, uh, the voters tend to give credit to the incumbent uh, president for a well-running economy. Now, a lot of the positive trends were clearly started during the Obama administration, but uh, President Trump is really uh, reaping the uh, the uh, goodwill of people because of this uh, of this economy. So, uh, to a great extent, what happens in November 2020 will depend on the economy. But I think there's also a view in the United States that perhaps President Trump is simply does not represent the values of the country. And at the end of the day, I think people look for some sense, some greater sense of dignity in terms of representing the American people. So we'll have to see how these issues uh, line up. I'm sure the Democrats will produce a good candidate. And, um, you know, we'll know soon enough. November 2020 is not very far away. Indeed. Thank you very much, Christopher Hill, former U.S. Ambassador to Korea, Chief Advisor of the Practice in Diplomacy at the University of Denver. Pleasure to have you with us on the line. Thank you very much.